Hello, Savannah. Hello. How was your weekend? Um, it was fine. I was at a bachelorette party. Oh. Now, <laughs> I have never been to a bachelorette party. Yes. I've seen a few take place in public places. Mm-hmm. I would argue, I would argue that most bachelorette parties are wilder and crazier than most bachelor parties. I don't know. You know what? We went to a friend's cabin and by um, Grand Beach at Victoria Beach, and we ended mm-hmm. up going to the Birchwood Hotel, bar, okay. whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah. So we yeah. go. We're first the only ones there, and mm. then by the end of the night, there was three bachelorette parties in there. Wow. Isn't that not bizarre? Yeah. In the middle of rural Manitoba. <laughs> Gee, that's strange, eh? <laughs> it was wild. There's about mm. five guys in that bar and 70 women. Now, did you dress uh, the bride to be up in any crazy outfit? Or? Uh, no, for lack of a better word, we hate that crap. Yeah. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is sort of silly, isn't so, yeah, it? Yeah, for all of our group, we've all refused to participate in anything that says, yeah. like, bride tribe or mm, wearing yeah. weird things on your yeah. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. thank you. I don't know. Maybe people want to weigh in on that. 204-780-6868-HAL-CJOB.com. <laughs> I kind of think there are some pretty wild and crazy bachelorette parties now, not all. I know guys can be terrible too, but I think uh, <laughs> I think there are pretty wild and crazy bachelorette yeah, parties I, I out there. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Mm. I'm I'm not that wild anymore because yeah. I was saying I'm old and tired, mm-hmm. and I feel hungover still today. And <laughs> yeah. it was two days ago. It was two so. days ago. Yeah, but the rest of them can party hard, so mm-hmm. I'll let them carry it. Good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you just kick back and relax today, okay? <laughs> okay. No hard work I'll, for Savannah I'll work today. On it. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk to you in half an hour. She'll be back 1.30 with the news for you. You heard her uh, mention some numbers in there from the uh, parties, the, the whiteout parties downtown. We'll get into that a bit today and uh, talk to you about that. You can weigh in on that if you want. 204-780-6868. Hal on CJOB. Uh, Hal at CJOB. Com. I'm actually kind of excited. I'm going to call down today. Let me tell you what's coming up on the show uh, here today. I'm going to call down to uh, one of these marijuana lounges is what they're called. Or, or I guess they're uh, some people call them cannabis clubs. Anyhow, we're talking about this because very soon, we don't know exactly when, but very soon, uh, pot will be legal in Canada, including here in Winnipeg and Manitoba. And these uh, cannabis clubs or marijuana lounges are very popular in the States. I rattled off some of the crazy names for these places uh, with Jeff Courier at the end of his show. And the one that I have picked out of the phone book, well, not the phone book. We don't have phone books anymore. I guess there are phone books still. But the one I found on Google that I like and I'm going to call, apparently it's the first anywhere. It's the first to do this. First cannabis club. It's in Los Angeles and it's called Wake and Bake. They serve coffee. It's a, yeah. And they've got special events and all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to phone down there and talk to Wake and Bake. uh, This is an old trick from rock radio. When people are talking about something, you phone, uh, you know, uh, one of the places in uh, somewhere else and you talk to them and they tell you all about it. So we'll we'll try that. We'll give it a try. Uh, But not until after the news at 2.30 because we've got other stuff we've got to get to. But we'll definitely do that today. Also, joining us after the news at 1.30 with Savannah here in 20 minutes from right now, Miles Dyer, his mom Elizabeth, and the diabetes people will be here because they have a fundraiser. It's called Put a Squeeze on Diabetes. They raise money with uh, lemonade stands for decamps to send these kids to uh, decamp. And so we're going to talk about that with Miles Dyer. I might have seen him this morning on uh, Global News Television. He's uh, probably getting uh, 
all kinds of signing autographs and stuff now that he's been on TV. He's going to be here on radio coming up after the news at 1.30. I want to get Bob Irving on, too, uh, at about quarter to two to talk about the start of the coaches show tonight. Mike O'Shea and Bob here on CJOB Monday nights at 7 o'clock. That starts tonight. Bombers uh, look pretty good, but, I mean, come on. Uh, not only was it preseason, uh, but they, uh, the Edmonton Eskimos, played like no, they, all rookies, all kids, right? Just, you know, people, that's what you do. And then when we go uh, to BC this weekend, we'll do the same thing, right? All the rookies and the kids will get a chance, and that's just the way it works. But we won 33-13, I think, so we'll talk to Bob about that and the coaches show it starts tonight. You heard in the news with Savannah about these pop-up toilets. We're going to talk to Stefano Grande, CEO of Downtown Winnipeg Biz. He'll join us after the news at 2 if you're into winning today, I've got a tough trivia question I'll roll out at about 2.15. Your chance at Red River X passes. Yes, Red River X is coming up. And we'll give you some Santa Lucia pizza as well. By the way, on Friday, we'll bump up those Red River X passes to VIP passes. That's on Friday, all right? So your chance to win Red River X passes and Santa Lucia pizza today. I mentioned that around uh, 2.30 or right after the news at 2.30, I'm going to call down to Wake and Bake in Los Angeles. Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes. Of course, the other one is uh, Brett McGarry. And uh, the number one movie on the weekend was Solo, a Star Wars story. It was number one, but it dropped off uh, from the first week something like 60 or 65%. It took in $29.3 million on the weekend. Solo, a Star Wars story. Still number one, Deadpool 2 at $23.3 million. So it's still number one, but it dropped off a lot. And this is a Star Wars movie. That's not supposed to happen with these Star Wars movies. So we're going to talk with... Uh, Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes about that. Find out why. And the thing about this is now they'll get some Solo had no competition this weekend, no real uh, big new movies. It's got some big new movies for competition coming starting this weekend. So we'll talk with all, uh, Jeff about all that coming up here. Got to touch on the Ontario election. Got to tr- uh, touch on the uh, trade war that's uh, not just between Canada and the U.S., but between the U.S. and just about everybody. I mean, uh, France is apparently PO'd big time about this uh, these tariffs that Trump in the U.S. is uh, imposing. So we're going to talk about that today and all kinds of other stuff coming up as well. And what did you do on the weekend? Huh? Were you a part of the Pride Parade? What did you do? Weather was kind of crappy for the first half, but then yesterday it was pretty nice. 204 780 Hal at cjob.com. It's Hal Anderson Afternoons on 680 CJOB. Checking the forecast here for Jensen's Garden Center. Spring is in the air, and Jensen's is the place to shop for all your gardening needs. Online at jensennursery.com or visit Jensen's Garden Center, nestled in the southwest corner on McGilvery at Brady Road. Mainly sunny this afternoon, high 20. As far as I'm concerned, that's perfect big guy weather. Big guys like me love it. Sunny and 20. Nine overnight tonight, tomorrow, partly sunny, 30% chance of showers, risk of a thunderstorm, high 25, Wednesday, sunny, and 23. Right now, outside, CJOB, 17 degrees.
All right, we may uh, chat about the trade war in a second here, but let's get to uh, uh, the word on uh, the street parties, the whiteout street parties. We just got a news release moments ago from Economic Development Winnipeg, and of course, True North will talk in about 45 minutes at 2 o'clock. Here's the deal. 120,500 people took in the street parties. 120,000 people. Pretty good, obviously. And let me just start by saying... This is all good. This is fantastic. We look great, love the parties, but some people want to know the numbers and some people might be concerned with the numbers, and I think it's important that we at least know the numbers. So here's the deal on that. 120,500 people took in one of the parties. They say the earned media value. This is if you were to go out and buy exposure, right, that we got in the various media platforms, it has an earned media value of $2.2 million. That's what we got for all this, $2.2 million. The total cost, total, total, total cost, everybody, what everybody paid, $2,167,000, almost $2.2 million. That's what the cost was. And, of course, we found out last week, Overtime police cost just about $800,000. But now we know the whole thing cost almost $2.2 million. True North kicked in $1,084,900. So just over about $1.1 million, True North kicked in. And $931,900, so almost $932,000 of that $1.1 million was production cost. Big screen TVs, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't a cheap party. <laughs> I'd never get to throw a party like that. I might want to, but I'd never get to spend money like that to throw a party. Cost to the city. Here's what the city has kicked in. $153,000. And uh, economic development. No, let me get that now. I want to make sure I get this right because I have uh, I think I've already kind of messed it up here now. It's confusing. There's so many numbers here. It's... Uh, it's hard to keep it all straight. Um, 153000 that number I just mentioned, that's what uh, True North gave to the city of Winnipeg, all right? So True North kicked in $1.1 million, almost 930000 production costs, 150000 53000 was a contribution to the city of Winnipeg to help pay. So they kicked in $153,000 to the city to help pay the costs, all right? Economic Development Winnipeg paid a total of $120,000. And that's the news release I'm reading from right now. Economic Development Winnipeg. They kicked in $120,000. And then the remaining $962,000, that's the cost of the city of Winnipeg. So we paid $962,000. And we know about $800,000 of that is police costs. So how do you feel about that? Are you surprised? I'm surprised that it was that costly. It's a little higher than I thought it would be. But again, uh, True North is kicking in almost 1.1 million, including 900 grand production costs on $153,000 to the city of Winnipeg to help pay costs. What do you think? You okay with that? Remember, earned media value, right? 2.2 2.2 million. So really, when you look at it, we sort of got our money's worth, right? 2.2 million earned media value. Actual total, total, everybody paid 
$2,167,000. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But I think it was money well spent. I just know that there are some people out there, I don't know how many, some people out there that as they get ready to pay their property tax bill this month and we're told, oh, it's tough, you know, there's not much money. I know some people, and maybe a lot of them would be not hockey fans, non-hockey fans, might say, I don't know, that's a lot of money. Did we need to spend that? I don't think we needed to spend it, but I'm glad we spent it. I think it's a good thing. I'm okay with it. But at least we know the numbers. Now, here's the number that we may not get today, but I would love to know how much money we know what it cost True North, right, and everybody else now. I would love to know how much money True North made. How much money got made selling beer and hot dogs and merchandise, right, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if we'll get that number. Two o'clock today, True North, we'll talk about that. If you want to weigh in, phone lines are open, 204-780-6868, hal at cjob.com, if you'd like to email. All right? All right, let's uh, move on now to the trade war. I said to Jeff Courier at the end of his show, uh, I jump on with Jeff and sort of tee up what's coming up on this show uh, every day. I I thought uh, Justin Trudeau, Looked pretty good on Meet the Press on the weekend. He was talking to uh, Chuck Todd about uh, the uh, trade tariffs, right? The U.S. has put tariffs on steel and aluminum, and now we're getting ready to put a bunch of tariffs on uh, American products. And Trudeau was on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press on NBC yesterday talking about it. Here's what uh, Justin Trudeau had to say about the trade war that's brewing between not just the U.S. and Canada, but the U.S. and a lot of other people, including Europe. We'll get to that in a second. Here's Trudeau on Meet the Press. I think I think our approach has been consistent all the way through, uh, recognizing that Canada and the United States have perhaps the most successful economic partnership and alliance and friendship in the history of the modern world. There are no two countries that are as interconnected, interdependent. You sell more things to us every year than to UK, uh, Japan, and China combined. Uh, we, our economies are, are incredibly interwoven. And there is an absolute path towards improving NAFTA and doing well on that. The fact that the president has moved forward with these tariffs is not just going to hurt Canadian jobs, it's going to hurt U.S. jobs as well. And neither of those things is something that Canada wants to see. Your reaction felt as if you felt jilted, as if you felt like Canada got like, wait a minute, we've done all these things for the United States over the years, and this is how you treat us. You felt, it came across as if you felt as if you, you felt as if Canada was being taken advantage of. Obviously, we've, we've you know, watched this president operate and, and worked with him over the past year, uh, and we know that he prides himself on being unpredictable from time to time. So that's not really the crux of it. One of the things that I have to admit I'm having a lot of trouble getting around is the idea that this entire thing is coming about because the president and the administration have decided that Canada, Canadian steel and aluminum, mm-hmm is a national security threat to the United States. Now, 
first of all, the, the, the idea that you know, our soldiers who had fought and died together on the beaches of World War II and the, and the mountains of Afghanistan and have stood shoulder to shoulder in some of the most difficult places in the world that are always there for each other, somehow this is insulting to them. The idea that the uh, Canadian uh, steel that's in military, uh, military vehicles in the United States, the Canadian aluminum that makes your, uh, your fighter jets, is somehow now a threat. The fact that, I mean, next week we're hosting a, the G7 Summit of, of World Leaders, and the airfield, the military base that Air Force One's going to land in, was put there in World War II to protect an aluminum uh, smelter uh, that was providing uh, to the military effort. The idea that we are somehow a national security threat to the United States is quite frankly insulting and unacceptable. Justin Trudeau on Meet the Press yesterday with Chuck Todd. As uh, Jeff and I were saying at the end of Courier's show, I think Trudeau's doing a pretty good job on this particular issue. I think he's, he's being forceful, he's being firm, but he's not pushing too hard and you can't do that uh, with Trump, right? We'll see how the G7 goes. We'll talk more about this trade war a little later on. Paul's on the phone, 204-780-6868, wanting to weigh in on the costs of the whiteout street parties. Yes, Paul, I had all those numbers. What did you think? Uh, I thought it was well worth it, like you say. I'm just a little surprised at the business of always police overtime. The cost would have been quite a bit lower if they weren't on overtime. And this goes into the court system, too. They're always in courts on overtime. Why so much overtime? Uh, But other than that, I thought it was money well spent. Yeah, you make a good point. Almost $800,000 in police overtime. Total cost to the city of Winnipeg, $962,000. And then True North kicked in $153,000 for the city. So, yeah, really all we're talking about here is is the police overtime. Yeah. And, and like you, I'd like to know some of the other costs, uh, what they made. Yeah. But also, what about the other costs that everybody else made? All the vendors, the local bars, yeah. restaurants. Uh, right. A lot of people made a lot of money on this deal. Good for one effect. Yeah. No, I think it's all good, but I think it is important to look at the numbers. I think it's important to plan better for next time. And we'll see what True North says at 2 o'clock. But I, uh, I agree with you, Paul. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Really appreciate it. All right, you can weigh in on that if you want. 204-780-6868. Hal at CJOB.com. The news at 1.30 is next. 680 CJOB is now available on any Amazon Alexa device. Just say, Alexa, play CJOB. So, Miles, do you remember how much money you raised last year? Um, $2,127.70, if I remember correctly. Eight, eight days. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So how much are you hoping to raise this year? Uh, 2500 Good. We have a big goal. So yeah. where are, is your lemonade stand going to be situated? Where can people buy lemonade? Um, on the corner of Grosvenor and Thurso. Yes, he'll be there, Grosvenor and Thurso, today, uh, Saturday actually, 1 o'clock, he is going to be there. Miles Dyer is here. His mom, Elizabeth, joins us as well. And uh, also uh, here with us is uh, Kelly Lampkin from Diabetes Canada. We'll get to mom and we'll get to Kelly in a second. But I got to say, Miles, congratulations. Good job, man. Thanks. Yeah, really. I'm, I'm serious, boy. This is, a, this is a big deal. How old are you? Eleven. Eleven. When somebody, and you started this a while ago, you didn't just, you're not just doing this for the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you're sort of, a, you're a, an entrepreneur here. Mm-hmm. I think. 
Yeah. And uh, you're going to be out there Saturday at 1, and then throughout the summer you're going to be there, right? Yes, that's mm-hmm. correct. And uh, you've been to these D camps in the past, I guess, eh? Yeah, I have. You like them? Yeah. Yeah, they're fun? Yeah. Yeah. And so by having uh, these lemonade stands, and we'll talk about, it's called uh, Put a Squeeze on Diabetes, and we're going to talk, this happens, happens everywhere, we're just talking to you because you're, kind of, now, are people coming up to you wanting your autograph and stuff after being on global TV today? Um, not yet. Not yet. I think it's going to happen, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't be surprised, okay? Because you're gonna you'll be eating dinner with mom and dad, and people are gonna come up and want your autograph, and they're gonna give you money, and just you know for your cause, right? That's just it's gonna happen. It's it's called being a star. Yeah. <laughs> I'm messing with you, but you're a star as far as I'm concerned. This is uh this is great. We're gonna talk more with you in a moment, okay? But I want to meet your mom, Elizabeth. So congratulations on, uh, you know, doing a great job with Miles. Obviously, uh, this began a long time ago with you raising him because uh, I watched the global television piece this morning, and this is really important to him. Maybe talk about that. It is. Thank you so much for having mm. us. Yeah, we're we're very proud of Miles and um, all the effort that he puts in for such a great cause. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no easy thing living with type 1 diabetes like he does. Um, but we're so proud of him that he decided to take something that's challenging and hard for him and turn it into something positive. Mm-hmm. And um, so when he's out there Saturday at 1, he'll be out there at uh, Grosvenor and Thurso. And does he kind of do it on his own or are you guys out there with him? How how independent is he with this? Yeah, yeah, he pretty much does it on his own. I help him get set up and he, yeah. he carries the table out and chairs. And sometimes he has friends drop in and sit with him for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I was out there with him uh, last weekend or two weekends ago and he said... Um, Mom, I, I think I'm I'm good now. You can go back inside. <laughs> <laughs> you can go back inside. Yeah. Are you pretty yeah. good at uh, Are you pretty good at counting the money and stuff, Miles, and giving people change? And you've got all that figured out. Yeah. Yeah. You know what you do? You say, "Here's your change," but you can just let me keep it for the cause if you want. That's the line you use, right? And then you get the change too. You see, that's how you that's how you do that. Do you think you might want to be an entrepreneur when you grow up? Do you think you might want to be a, a businessman, or have you got any thoughts about what you want to do later on when you grow up? Oh, I don't really have any thoughts yet because I'm just 11. You're just but... 11, right? Yeah, what am I thinking? Dumb question, Hal. I ask a lot of dumb questions. <laughs> so what What do you think? You think you might want to be a business guy? Yeah, I guess. Sure, why not, eh? Yeah. Tell me about these D camps. Why are they so much fun? Well, there's a lot of fun activities. You meet a lot of nice people, and it's just you don't feel like you're the only person in this group who no one knows else really understands. Mm-hmm. Because you have type 1 diabetes, so you're hanging out with other kids that do all the same things you do relating to your diabetes, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make it easier to deal with? I'm sure some days it must be frustrating, right? Some of the things you have to do, does it make it easier when you're at D camp and, and the other kids are talking with you about the same things you have to deal with? Yeah, it's just at home because no one else really just has and doesn't know what it's like to have it. Well, except for my dad. Yeah. He has it, but no one else really. Yeah. And this is a great way to raise money to help send kids to camp, but it's also a great way to kind of tell people, because I'm sure when people walk up and they say, oh, I'll take a, a glass of lemonade, they have questions, right? You tell people and they get a better idea of what it's like to have type 1 diabetes, huh? Yep. Yeah. Good for you, man. I'm really proud of you. You're doing a great job. Keep doing it. 
Okay. Yeah, make sure you keep doing it, okay? And uh, Kelly Lampkin from Diabetes Canada, this is a great idea. I was just telling them off air, I am a sucker for a lemonade stand or whatever, right? Like I've got kids in my neighborhood that sell vegetables out of their gardener. Like, you know, there's all – because I, I guess I have a real entrepreneurial side. I, I've got kind of an entrepreneurial spirit. When I see this, I think that's fantastic that Miles at the age of 11 wants to do this. And he's not doing it to stick the cash in his jeans. He's doing this <laughs> – you know, for a cause, a really important cause. So talk a little bit about where this idea of put a squeeze on diabetes came from. Absolutely. Um, first off, the um, the concept came from our, uh, our team in Ontario, from one of the camp moms, um, started out about three years ago, I believe. Um, and so it generated in Ontario and it sort of uh, grew legs, mm. uh, as they say. And um, so we've decided to pilot it right across the country. And Miles was our first uh, um, camper that did it last year. And yeah. so we are uh, now in competition with Ontario uh, to raise as much money as we can in Manitoba. So we're encouraging um, our camp kids, which is about 90 uh, here in Manitoba, that we welcome each year to D camps. Um, but the neat thing about this concept is really anybody can take part, whether mm. you're living with diabetes, whether your grandparents living with diabetes, yeah. um, it's an opportunity you got to a get friend out. that has it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think the concept, it's, it's relatively easy to do. It's lots of fun and the kids seem to love it. So, and it has no geographical barriers. You can do it everywhere, anywhere yeah. you are in Manitoba yeah. so, or across the country. So it's exciting for us and we're incredibly uh, proud of Miles and his family. So Yeah. Yeah, the whole family's kind of embraced it and taken this on, and it, it is. It, it warms your heart, you know, to see Miles and Mom, when I saw Mom with Miles on TV today, and they did a great job on Global. And, yeah, Absolutely. it's, it's uh, and so you make a good point. Anybody can get involved in this. Give us the website so people can, can do that if they want to. Yeah, it's putasqueeze.ca, um, or you can visit uh, the Diabetes Canada website at diabetes.ca, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the put a squeeze on uh, put a squeeze on diabetes.ca. Um, you can directly get connected with Liz and her family, and she sign up. Um, you can sign up and do a virtual campaign if you don't want to actually get out and host a lemonade stand. You can yep. support somebody that's doing a lemonade stand, mm-hmm. or just donate to the cause. And um, we're here to support you as well as uh, Liz and her family. There are champions family yeah um, so they're out and about everywhere and um, yeah it's been it's been a great uh, initiative for us and we hope to encourage more people to get involved so Elizabeth uh, talk a bit about what it's like uh, miles told us uh, we know that miles has type 1 diabetes but dad has it as well so uh, tell us about uh, what challenges uh, that brings to your family um, well it's I would say it's a 24-hour job or mm-hmm. struggle you know um, as You know, each day brings its own challenges. Um, The thing that's difficult with type 1 diabetes is um, with miles, especially when kids are younger, they're smaller and they need less insulin. So they're growing and their hormones, everything plays such a big part Mm -hmm. in their diabetes. So um, miles could eat the same breakfast, eat the same lunch and dinner every day at the same time and take the same amount of insulin, but because his activities might be different or his mood might be different Mm -hmm. or the weather, everything plays such a big part. So it's very tough to keep things steady Um, overnight. Mm -hmm. We're waking up, waking him up often two, three, four times a night uh, to ensure that he's safe and Mm -hmm. stable. So it's, yeah, it can be quite, uh, quite difficult at times, but he, he's, amazing and he takes it all in stride and 
he's, uh, I think he's stronger because of it. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's been easier for him because dad's dealing with it too? I think so. Yeah, they definitely uh, can, uh, you know, take comfort in they're not the only ones in our family. Mm. Um, Steve was actually diagnosed after Miles. Uh, He's Mm. also type one, um, but he was diagnosed uh, later than normal. Uh, So Miles was about a year and a half when Steve was diagnosed. And Mm -hmm. I think because Steve knew the signs to look out for, I I sort of credit Miles for saving Steve's life in a way. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, Miles, you're going to be out there uh, this Saturday at 1 and then uh, throughout the summer. Your plan is to kind of go whenever you can all summer and and be at the corner of Grosvenor and and Thurso. Is Is that the deal? Yep. Yep. All right. Well, and how long on Saturday? One to what? Uh, I think like around five. Yeah, you got to go till five, eh? Okay. Yeah, and Miles is really hoping that more kids in Manitoba will sign up. And mm-hmm. the this year's goal for the Put a Squeeze campaign is 150000 And I think uh, right now with a very generous donation from Canada Auto Group, uh, we're at $105,000. They they donated $100,000 to wow. the cause. So Isn't we're, that great? So we're hoping that we can reach the goal and... Reach Miles' goal. Mm-hmm. So. And your goal, Miles, is 2500 bucks, right? Is that what I saw on Global uh, this morning? Yep. Yep, 25 What did you do last year? Uh, $2,127.70. I love that you got it down to the penny. I love that. And that is, uh, that's impressive, man. That's a lot of lemonade, right? Yep. Do you have a price on your glasses of lemonade, or is it just kind of whatever people want to give you? Just pay what you can. What's the most somebody's given you for one glass of lemonade? Um, for I think the most for one glass is twenty dollars. Yeah. But people have also just donated like twenty dollars sure. without even asking for yeah, the glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to try and get there on Saturday, but just in case I can't, can I prepay you for my glass of lemonade? Yep. Okay, I'm gonna. See what I got here. For we you. brought some with us today to give. Oh, you did some. you? Oh, well, thank you. Well, then I'll have some today, and I'm gonna, still going to try and, and get there on on Saturday, okay? And I'm sort of a competitive type, so I don't like the fact that somebody has given you twenty for a glass. So I got to give you more <laughs> than that. So can I give you one? Have you ever seen one of those red ones before? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's a fifty. Wow. So I'm going to give you that to start. Is it? Am I the first? Uh, well, no, because you've been up already. You've been set up already, yeah, right? Um, yeah. Actually, the second person to give a fifty. I thought you said 20. Now well, i got to give you more. Well, it's because someone paid for like four glasses. Right, hang on a second here. <laughs> Here's another 20. Now now am I the most? Yes. Okay, there's another 20. All right, $70. You're good, kid. Thank you so much. I'm telling you, kid, you're going places, I can tell already. How Guys. I, oh, let, I, sorry. Yes. I should also mention that um, Miles will be at the, um, the Midtown um, Ford dealership yep. on June 16th. Okay. Make sure you say hi to you. You hit Scott Campbell up hard when you're at Midtown Ford. You go to Scott Campbell and you said, "You say Hal Anderson said you got deep pockets." Okay, <laughs> will you do that? Will you do that for me, Miles? Yeah. Okay, because they're good guys over there. They're good guys at Midtown, and they'll take good care of you. So you just make sure you get lots of money out of those guys. Guys, thank you very much for coming in, especially Miles. Thank you, guys. Get the websites out again, please, uh, so that we can make sure other people get involved in this. Sure, it's putasqueeze.ca. And Diabetes Canada? Yeah, diabetes, uh, diabetes.ca. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. And also, there's a local Facebook group, um, Put a Squeeze uh, Put a squeeze on Diabetes Manitoba, if you okay. want to check out other local lemonade stands this summer. Excellent. Guys, thank you very much. Miles, good luck. I hope you top your $2,500 goal, and uh, 
I'll see you on Saturday, okay? Okay. All right. He's counting the money. He's not even paying attention to me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I know you are. 145, quarter to two, Hal Anderson Afternoons on CJOB. I like that uh, young Miles Dyer kid there. He's uh, he's going places. I uh, by the way, I asked him off air. They poured me my little glass of lemonade, and I wanted to try it on the air and tell you how good it is. Hopefully, it's good. Uh, and I really want you to go and see him this Saturday, one to five. He's got to have his uh, uh, diabetes lemonade stand set up at Grosvenor and Thurso. Saturday, one to five, and he was telling me that mom makes the lemonade, so it's a real family affair. Well, that's good. It's not, you know, sometimes you can take a, I'm not a big lemon guy, and sometimes it's too lemony. Fantastic. Well, that's good. <clears throat> Excellent. Good idea, too, for a fundraiser. That's uh, that's a, a fantastic idea. We have just enough time here before the news to talk to Mr. Bob Irving. Hello, Bob. Hey, Al. How are you? I am great. Bombers, 1-0 and in the preseason. Doesn't matter, but it's kind of <laughs> nice they had a win the other night. Yeah, the home games uh, are where you want to kind of show off to the fans a bit, Hal, yeah. and they did that on Friday night. Uh, young Mr. Streveler had a real good game at quarterback, and I know the fans like that. And uh, the off- the first-team offense put a touchdown up, and uh, they played some pretty good defense. So if you're a Bomber fan, 23,000 strong, what you saw on Friday night would leave you very encouraged about the season. Yeah, we'll tee up the next and final preseason game in a second here. I wanted to talk to you about the Coaches Show, which is back on the air tonight at 7 o'clock. You and Coach O'Shea here on CGLB. Right. He'll be in the studio with me. As a matter of fact, it was a couple of weeks ago. He said to me, Bob, when do we start our show? And I said, it's not our show, Mike. It's your (laughs) show. He said, no, 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 it's yours. I said, no, it's your show. So, no, he'll be on tonight from 7 to 8. And as always, they're very engaging with the fans. I know... People say to me, well, you know, he doesn't, uh, sometimes he doesn't give us as much information as we'd like. And I'd say, well, uh, welcome to head coaches in pro sports. They're only yeah. going to give you so much, but I think Mike's pretty good in how he handles things. And so we get it started tonight. Yeah. You know, he's likable. That's the word I like to use. People that I like listening yeah. to on the radio usually are likable. I like Coach O'Shea. Well, I think that's true, and it's hard to feel any other way. If you listen, as I say, he's very engaging. He's never rude to the callers. He, you know, if some guy says something he disagrees with, he'll say, "Well, I disagree with that," but he always says it in a very polite way. So, yeah, yeah I think uh, he comes across just the way you described it. Mm. Who was the toughest coach to deal with for you, Bob? Who was the toughest guy to get information out of? Well, it wouldn't be the toughest to get information out of, but uh, Mike Kelly, toward the end, to me, was the (laughs) toughest to deal with because he was so insulting to some of the callers. It was just, uh, you know, I had to bite my tongue. It was, I I never felt it was my role to kind of uh, try to dig him out of the jams he put Mm -hmm. himself in. You know, he's a grown man and he can say whatever he wants, but... uh, yeah, he oh his his information flowed freely, but uh, man oh man, he sure turned a lot of people off. Uh, Jim Daly, uh, when he was the coach, uh, I found that Jim, uh, you know, tried to sort of talk around things. <laughs> Dave Ritchie. Oh, I love I love with... Dave Ritchie. He is by far my favorite <laughs> bomber coach. Yeah, he, sometimes uh, he wasn't 
very forthcoming, but at other times he was very forthcoming. So he was kind of fun to deal with. Yep. You know, you guys at that time, you were doing the coaches show with Dave Ritchie at Hooters, I think. And I used to come yes. by every once in a while and have wings. And every time he didn't know who I was, he had no clue who I was. I was back on Power 97 then. But I'd walk in to have wings, and I'd, you know, check out your show with, with Coach Ritchie, and I was a fan of his. And he would always, I'd say, hey, Bob, wave at you, and he'd always point over and he'd go, we need him, we need him. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dave was very popular with anybody he crossed paths with. He was just that guy, you know, a real character and uh, yeah. Yeah, very, very likable guy. Yeah. All right, well, we'll be listening. You and Coach O'Shea tonight, 7 o'clock on CJOB. Tell us about BC Lions, the pregame show, the other one. Yeah, 8 o'clock pre. The game's at 9.30 our time. It's the second and final preseason game, Hal. Uh, Mike O'Shea hasn't said yet to who he's traveling to Vancouver, but, uh, you know, our, our guess is that he'll take mostly the young guys, the guys trying to break in. That's uh, normally the way it works in the preseason. You play your, your front-line guys, your starters, to whatever degree you're going to play them in the home game. Yeah. And then in the road game, it's all the kids. Like Edmonton came in here on Friday out with all their young guys, and so – that's largely what the Bombers are going to take out to Vancouver and see how they fare against the Lions. And then uh, within a couple of days after that, it's time to make the final cuts. Yes, yeah. And then the Eskimos back here for the regular yep. season opener. All right, Bob, thank you, sir. We'll be listening tonight. Thanks, Al. There he goes, Bob Irving, Hall of Famer Bob Irving. Uh, again, 7 o'clock tonight or right after the 7 o'clock news, the coaches show again, Bob and Coach O'Shea. And then, as Bob mentioned, game time Friday in BC, nine thirty. We'll have the game here on CJOB. That wraps up the regular or the preseason, and then the regular season begins going next Thursday back here at IGF Edmonton in town. Kickoff uh, next Thursday is seven thirty. We have to take a break for the two o'clock news. It's Hal on CJOB. Thank you very much, Savannah. 204, and joining us on the phone now, downtown Winnipeg Biz CEO, Stefano Grande. Good afternoon, Stefano. Hi, Al. Hey, uh, this uh, pop-up toilet that you've got in downtown now, trying this out, it's uh, it's impressive. People can see pictures of it at cjob.com. Tell me why. Right on, thank you. It's a cool shipping container that we have converted into a a porta potty pilot pop up, uh, and uh, laced with that is a retail incubator. And so we believe uh, we want to start a conversation in terms of where do we need public toilets downtown, why do we need them, and which locations. And so our, our, our porta potty shipping container will be uh, located four different places in the downtown all summer. And we're hoping for some uh, community feedback from our businesses, from downtowners, from tourists, in hopes of just having that dialogue in terms of where can we create some permanent solutions. Yeah, right now it's at Graham and Smith, but like you said, it's it's going to move around. If you want to see it in person, Graham and Smith right now, or like I said, at, at cjob.com. It's amazing what they're doing with these shipping containers, and this is a great idea. You know, we have an incredible architect, Wins Bridgman, and uh, Keith Custom Building uh, Fabricators. They have created a piece of art. Uh, which is exactly what we want to do. We want to create a piece, of, uh, an infrastructure piece that people will be drawn to. They will ask questions. They will talk about toilets. 
uh, in the in the hopes of having that conversation. Uh, do we need more public toilets in downtown to improve the image, to improve the cleanliness? And we do believe uh, we do believe it's time. This is something that North American cities face all around the world, uh, all around uh, you know, in our downtowns, and uh, we want to bridge that gap and see if we can expedite that discussion. I know this is sort of a pilot project, but you're pretty confident that something like this is needed, right, going forward? Pretty sure of that, aren't you? Absolutely. You know, we've listened to the community. We've listened to even our own staff, about 20 staff every day that go into the back alleys, the parks, uh, to clean up the challenges that we see in our downtown. Uh, Public toilets is perhaps one of the top three issues in our our downtown, or the need for them uh, in in our downtown. Came out of our public uh, safety summit we just had a few weeks ago came out of a placemaking summit that we had a year and a half ago. And so we're, we're going to try to bring all the players uh, around the table and, 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 uh, and see what we can do in terms of the dialogue and finding some permanent solutions. Well, I congratulate you, Stefano, on you know continuing to chip away at some of the issues that face downtown Winnipeg. I, I really do think you're, you're doing a great job. You mentioned the summit. Anything else that you're working on? You can maybe give us a hint as to some of the stuff coming up maybe? Absolutely. This is the first of our four bold placemaking summit ideas that are being launched. Uh, the second and third will be two uh, pop-up parks, both on Kennedy and Hargrave Street. We're going to take over uh, a roadway which is overbuilt. We're going to animate it, add some tables and chairs, some benches, some lighting, and have a tremendous amount of activation with events uh, and other programming. And then we're going to shut down a back lane um, for a couple of days, and we're going to uh, activate it with some incredible lighting designs being created uh, through Stantec just to improve the image of our back lanes and have another programmable space for uh, immediate restaurants such as the Merchant and Tipsy Cow. Uh, and these young folks, they love these cool places to, you know, uh, to have their dance parties and have some fun in our downtown. And we're going to create those spaces and liven things up, making safer and cleaner as well. As we speak, uh, we're hearing from True North about uh, some of the numbers involved in the whiteout street parties, and we got some numbers earlier on from Economic Development Winnipeg. We know that the nine parties cost just over $2 million, and I I don't think anybody uh, feels that this wasn't a a great idea. Winnipeg and and Manitoba and hockey fans looked great uh, to the rest of the world. Uh, give me your thoughts on on some of the numbers. It is a lot of money, but it seems like we got our value. Well, that's it. Two million dollars sounds like a big, big deal, but when you think about the free publicity that we've gotten, that we just cannot buy on Sportsnet, CNN, we actually purchase purchase those those materials, those those ads. I'm sure it'd be significantly more. And you take into account, you know, the extra increase in you know in sales tax on the drink and the food. We know our business members, we just surveyed 100 business members, 25% of our business members increased their staff. So the taxation alone is, you know, it's a significant amount of dollars. And then, and there's just things you just can't measure, like the pride, the pride of our community, that emotional attachment that makes us feel so proud of who we are and where we are. Uh, and, you know, other people in other parts of the world are going, wow, isn't Winnipeg cool? Wish we were there, right? So it's difficult to put a price tag on all this, but you know what? $2 million is not that much when you talk about a world-class party, which was just was held just recently. Yeah, and I'm not hearing a lot of complaints, uh, honestly, Stefano, but it's pretty hard. You, you can't really complain and bitch and complain about downtown and then not be supportive of events like this, can you? 
you've nailed it. You know, we cannot be a world-class city unless there's certain things that we're ready to pay for. And street parties is one of them. I mean, I often go to great cities like New York and Chicago. They close down streets every other weekend to celebrate life, to celebrate culture, is to celebrate people's activities in their neighborhoods. It's part, it's part of a great big city. Uh, you know, the same, reason, the same reason why parking costs are expensive and, and housing costs are expensive in our downtown now, right? People want to come, so that whole supply-demand thing is something that we have to understand. And, and this is, I believe, going to be the new norm for our city when it comes to festivals and events. So we hope, we hope the city just properly allocates the, the dollars every single year, and let's do more. Stefano, thanks a lot. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Stefano Grande is the CEO of the downtown Winnipeg Biz. Again, that uh, pop-up toilet, they made it. It looks really cool. Go and look at it at cgob.com, or it's at Graham and Smith right now if you want to go and uh, and christen the new <laughs> the new pop-up toilet. But it really, uh, it really does look very, very cool. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have a jam-packed show here today. Uh, when we come back... We're going to let you win some Red River X passes. Red River X is coming up June 15th, I believe, is the date. So if you want to win passes and some Santa Lucia pizza, get ready for a tough trivia question. That's coming up next on Hal Anderson Afternoon, 680 CJOB. All right, we're giving away Red River X passes. Your chance at Red River X passes right now, 204-780-6868. And we're going to toss in some Santa Lucia pizza as well. So that's nice. By the way, uh, giving away Red River X passes and Santa Lucia pizza all this week. But on Friday, we end the week by bumping up those Red River X passes to VIP Red River X passes. All right, that's on Friday. Today, Red River X passes and Santa Lucia Pizza, 204-780-6868. Here's a question. Tough trivia. A health study says people who do this at night have more nightmares. Hmm. A health study says people who do this at night have more nightmares. What would cause you to have more nightmares while you sleep at night? 204-780-6868. Let's go to the phone and find a winner. Hi, have you got a guess? Um, I'd say worrying about work. Worrying about work. Ah, yes. Yeah, but not the answer we're looking for. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Hey, I didn't hear the question. Question is, a health study says people who do this at night have more nightmares. What would that be? Uh, eat sweets. Ah, the old don't eat before you go to bed. It might cause you to have a nightmare. A good guess, but not the correct answer. Sorry. Hi, CJOB. Eating a big meal? Mm, kind of had that guess already. It's not it has nothing to do with eating. I'll tell you that right now. Hi, CJOB. Drink coffee. Nope, not drink coffee. Yet. Nothing to do with eating, nothing to do with drinking. There, we've eliminated all those. Hi. Uh, watching a scary show? Yeah, scary movie. Yeah. No, not the uh, scary movie. Uh, that does not cause you to have more nightmares, according to this particular health study. Hi. Hello? You there? All right. Nobody there? Hi, CJOB. Is it people that snore? People that snore. My wife might agree with you, but no, it is not people that snore. No. Hi, CJOB. Hello. Oh, I heard somebody there. Hi, CJOB. Have you got a guess? Okay, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about something. Okay, what about uh, working? 
Not working. No, I'm going to give you a hint. Uh, here's the hint. Uh, the hint is it has something to do with the temperature. Something to do with the temperature. And again, the tough trivia question for Red River X Passes and San Lucia Pizza. A health study says people who do this at night have more nightmares. Do what? And it has something to do with the temperature. Hi, CJOB. Yo, I got a guess there. Uh, is it uh, watch TV or play on their phones? Mm, no, you obviously did not hear the hint. Hello, CJOB. Hey, Hal. Hi. Is, it, uh, is it look at their wife? <laughs> oh, you are mean. No. Hello, CJOB. Hello there. Hi. You got a guess? Yeah, it's got, uh, you, you, you're covered up too much and you can't sleep. No, 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 thank you. ICJOB, have you got a guess? Sweat. No, nothing to do with, and it's the opposite, it's nothing to do with too much heat, it's the other way. What might somebody do, according to this health study, that would cause them to have more nightmares? Has to do with the temperature, it's not heat. Hello? Hello? Hi, got a guess? Hi, uh, have the window closed. No. No, it has nothing to do with the window. Hello, CJOB. Have the heat down. Um, air conditioning. What do you do to the air conditioning? Turn it on. Mm, yeah, oh, I'm going to give it to you anyhow. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not exactly, but I'll give it to you. A health study says people who crank up the AC at night. So if you crank up the air conditioning, you have more nightmares. That's the uh, correct answer. So... You, sir, have won Red River X Passes and Santa Lucia Pizza. What's your name? Lloyd. Lloyd. Congrats. All right. So enjoy. Thank you, sir. All right. We're going to put you on hold here. We'll get you all signed up. We'll do it again tomorrow. And by the way, don't forget, Friday we up those Red River X Passes to VIP Red River X Passes. Oh, and we're also giving away, I should have mentioned this when I had Bob Irving on, uh, but I'll mention it now. We're giving away Bomber season tickets. And all you've got to do is uh, text in today. Uh, the word is football. 204-780-6868. Just text the word. That's it. Football. That's all you got to do. Don't add anything to it. Just football. Text the word football to 204-780-6868. And you will be in the running for Bomber season tickets, Mackling and McGarry will announce the winner on Friday. All right? And every day there's a different word. So you can certainly enter again tomorrow. But today, the word that we want you to text in is football. Text football to 204-780-6868. All right? And then you will be in. We were talking earlier about, and I played one of the Trudeau clips from Meet the Press yesterday. Uh, Meet the Press is one of the shows I, I try and watch on Sundays. And I watched the interview yesterday with our uh, Prime Minister, Chuck Todd, talking to him about the trade war. I don't know if it's a trade war yet, but, you know, it's definitely a trade tiff between the U.S. and uh, Canada. They've put uh, tariffs on aluminum and steel, and now we're putting tariffs on all kinds of products with them, um, and I played a clip of Trudeau yesterday talking about that. I, as I said earlier to Jeff Curry, I, and and Jeff agreed. I think Trudeau's handling it right. He's he's firm about it, but he's not you know pushing too hard, which might send Trump over the end. But I wanted to play another clip here of uh, Trudeau with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press 
where Chuck Todd pulled a quote out from Justin's dad. Pierre, take a listen. Your father um, said this in 1969. Living next to you, referring to the United States, is in some ways like sleeping with an elephant. No matter how friendly and even-tempered the beast, one is affected by every twitch and grunt. Do you sleep worse these days? Uh, do you I, sleep unsettled? You know, I think uh, I, 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 I've taken a different take on that than my father. I think we're more of a moose. Uh, we're still... You're the moose. We're the moose. And what are, what's America? Oh, you still massively outweigh us. Okay. But a moose is, is you know, even-tempered and, and, you know, strong, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, massively outweighed still. So we're aware that uh, we have to work collectively and collaboratively with the United States, and that, quite frankly, has been my point with the President from the very beginning. I mean, I've had a constructive relationship with him, and will continue to, and I'm standing up clearly for Canadian interests, but as I've said, Canada has a tremendous vested interest in seeing the United States do well because if we're doing well and you're doing poorly, we're going to be doing poorly too. We're that interconnected. So we want a win-win and that's what we've been working for. Justin Trudeau on Meet the Press yesterday with host Chuck Todd. I like that. We're a moose. Yeah. You know, we're still big, powerful, uh, good temperament. Yeah, I like the moose idea. I don't mind that. I thought Trudeau did pretty well. I think uh, I'm not a huge fan of his politics, but I do think on the world stage, Trudeau makes us look pretty good. I understand the appeal of Trudeau around the world. And speaking of around the world, uh, this is reporter Michelle Kozinski, and she's talking about how it's not just Canada that's upset about Trump and his uh, tariffs. Apparently, the president of France, Emmanuel Macron, is also not very happy about these trade tariffs that Trump is putting on products from around the world. Yeah, well, this is about trade and the tariffs that are affecting Europe. I mean, Europe thought that they would be exempt after that initial period was over. So they had this phone call on Thursday. The White House put out a very, very short three-line summary of that call. But we're hearing from a source now that it was bad and terrible that Macron thought because they had established this kind of blunt talking relationship between the two that he could speak his mind. But apparently Trump didn't like being criticized uh, and he can expect another tough call possibly as soon as today from British Prime Minister Theresa May. Ah, the G7 is going to be interesting this week. G7, G7 summit here in Canada. Obviously trade will be at the top of the agenda. Today, by the way, is Applesauce Cake Day. Applesauce Cake Day. It's Audacity to Hope Day. Hug Your Cat Day. Cheese Day. A shout out to Bothwell, Manitoba on Cheese Day. It is Safe Day. And it's also, thank God, it's Monday Day. And Old Maid's Day. Old Maid's Day uh, as well today. And on this day, in 1984, 1984, on this day, Bruce Springsteen released his Born in the USA album, and we all know how big a record that was, right? Yeah, little Bruce Springsteen as we head to the news at 2.30. Hal Anderson, CJOB.
Thank you, Savannah. 233 now at CJOB. Uh, coming up on the show here this afternoon, still lots to come. Don't go anywhere, though. We're going to talk to uh, somebody right away here about motorcycle safety. But we're also this half hour going to call down to Los Angeles. They're talking here in Manitoba about marijuana lounges, or as they're called in the States, cannabis clubs. Will we see those here? You know, you can't grow it at home, right, once uh, pot becomes legal. And I have found one of these cannabis clubs in L.A. It's called Wake and Bake, and I'm going to call down there and find out about this as we uh, talk about the possibility of cannabis clubs or marijuana lounges here in Manitoba. Also, this half hour, Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes on Solo, a Star Wars story. It was the number one movie on the weekend, but it did not do as well as expected. It dropped off a lot, and that has to be concerning for Disney, as they have invested a lot of money into this Star Wars franchise. Big deal or not? I think in the movie world, pretty big deal. We'll talk about it with Jeff Braun, one of the couch potatoes. But right now, John Hansen uh, joins us on the phone. John, thanks a lot for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Hal. How are you doing? Great. Excellent. Um, John is a road safety trainer at Safety Services Manitoba. And I had the thought to call up Safety Services Manitoba yesterday, coming back from the lake. There was a, a motorbike in front of us. And as I'm driving along, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, we got to start wrapping our heads around the fact that the motorbikes are back on the streets and, and back on the highways. And we've had, to, actually, on Saturday, my wife and I came across that horrible accident on Portage where the motorcyclist ended up dying, a hit and run. And then uh, uh, Robin Gray, that was the other uh, tragedy. Uh, I've known, not really well, but I've known Robin for a long time, avid motorcyclist. Uh, used to sell Harleys, and and um, back in my Power 97 days, my partner on the radio, B.J. Burke, used to borrow Robin's bike all the time to, to go riding. And so, John, I wanted to have you on today, if for nothing else, to remind people that, hey, the two-wheelers are back. We've got to remember that they're there. we got to watch for them in our rearview mirrors, in our side mirrors, and just remember that they are back. I think that's maybe the most important thing that we can get out of this conversation today, John. Wouldn't you agree? I would, yeah. Uh, They're back, that's for sure. And maybe a couple of tidbits of advice that I might uh, shoot out to the motorcyclists on the road. Yes. Um, uh, Motorcycle 101, uh, and I taught the bike course back in the 70s. I'm kind of aging myself, but... uh, uh, even back then, when we were teaching people how to ride bikes and stay alive, the number one thing I always said to people is always ride your bike like you're invisible. Uh, pretend the car drives don't see you at all. And that way, your defensive skills are hopefully at the at the highest level. And you could actually survive um, a long time riding a motorcycle as long as you, you're at the peak of your game. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what happens to a lot of people. They get a little bit too complacent, including car drivers. And they're not uh, even looking for the motorcyclists that are there, you know. And uh, uh, I think it takes everybody uh, as a group to, to just be aware that the bikes are out there and um, drive defensively. Avoid distractions. Like, distractions, as you know, help. Uh, they're getting worse with uh, the cell phones and people texting. And a lot of people don't realize that the distraction issue is uh, uh, just off the wall as far as the crashes that we're having in in North America, really, 
and something should be done about it, but it's not an easy thing to fix. Yeah, it's, it takes a split second and, and maybe even less than that when you're dealing uh, with, a, with a motorbike because, you know, sometimes cars collide and it's no big deal, right? A, a, a bump or a, you know, but when you're dealing with a car or a, or a truck and an SUV or an SUV and a motorcycle, big uh, bumps can be deadly. Absolutely. The, the second part of the Motorcycle 101 is I always uh, uh, told the riders to not only be aware that you're invisible to the other drivers, but uh, you could be completely in the right when it comes to a crash, mm-hmm. but dead right. You know, yeah. So you, you have to ride with that idea that they're almost out to get me, and again, i got to do everything to defend myself because, number one, I'm invisible, and number two, I'm vulnerable because if I have a collision with another motor vehicle, it's kind of obvious who's going to win. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Re- really obvious uh, uh, who's going to win. I-, I just wanted to have you on for a couple mm-hmm. minutes today, John. I appreciate your time. Have anything you want to say before I let you go here, just as, as we all try and share the road and, and get along and, and do it safely? Uh, not really, Hal. It was a pleasure speaking with you among the regular listeners as well. Uh, oh, I was thanks. listening to you out here at West Hawk while I'm working on my boat. So, um, yeah, just everybody, when you're on the roads, even in the city or on the highway, just be aware the motorcycles are out there. And uh, just everybody work together to try to reduce our fatality rate, which is right through the roof this year. So complacency, try to battle complacency, pay attention to your driving it's probably the most complex task that we do as human beings, and uh, it does require our full and undivided attention. John, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you taking some time uh, being out at the lake. I, I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Hey, pleasure. Thank you. All right, John Hansen, road safety trainer with Safety Services Manitoba. Yeah, he made some really good points there. We don't need to have a long conversation about this, but it is important uh, that uh, all of us... Uh, motorcyclists, uh, car, truck, SUV drivers, we all just got to realize that let's get rid of the distractions, as John said, and uh, just realize that uh, we got to share the roads and uh, motorcycles can, they, they can sometimes seem like they're invisible. We're not necessarily expecting to see them, especially at the start of the weather getting nice and, you know, we're not used to it. Maybe in August we're we're more used to it. We're just not really used to it right now and I would just hate to have to uh, report on another tragedy. Don't want to have to do that. All right, so uh, let's move along here to uh, marijuana lounges. There's been some talk. Jeff Courier before me today was talking about these Marijuana lounges, this is where people that like to use marijuana get together, hang out. Marijuana clubs are called, or marijuana lounges. I've also heard them called uh, cannabis clubs. They're big in the States. Uh, And I went down the list. I started looking. I thought, well, let's call one of them today and find out about these things. So I I looked at the list. Here's uh, some of them and what they're called. These are, I think these are all in Los Angeles, I believe. Space Lounge. Rollers Club, I thought that was a good one, Rollers Club. Avenue 420, Blowing Trees, The Joint. Well, sure, wouldn't you just, uh, wouldn't you just call it The Joint, right? Or the one that we're going to call here, Wake and Bake. All right, let's uh, call up Wake and Bake, find out about this uh, cannabis club down in Los Angeles.
Hi, this is Wake and Bake. How can I help you? Hey, how are you? Cool. How can I help you today? Uh, it's Hal Anderson. I'm calling from a radio station in Canada, and I was wondering if you could tell me about Wake and Bake. Oh, cool. Yeah, Wake and Bake is a coffee, tea, and cannabis club. Uh, we hold events on Thursdays and Sundays. Um, we have a membership base of like a couple thousand people that visit us since we've opened since 2016. Huh. Um, we pretty much just promote community vibes, awareness, cannabis culture, and people come and hang out every day. And how much is a membership to Wake and Bake? Uh, it starts at ten dollars, but if you check in on Yelp, I don't know if you have that in Canada. Yeah, uh, it's half off, so it's just a five dollar day pass, and then you can go in and hang out, uh, consume cannabis, we have a dab bar, things like that available. I'll tell you why I'm calling. Up here, we don't have legal marijuana yet, but we're about to get it. And there's talk up here mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, maybe we should go with marijuana lounges up here. Is that what Wake and Bake is, essentially, a it, marijuana lounge? Yeah. Yeah, we're the first one in America, actually. Huh. Um, and what our plan is to actually expand out there, um, expand anywhere pretty much where people want it. And so far, we've had... People from San Francisco area that wants it, Seattle, they're like, oh my gosh, this place is cool. So, like, I I recommend it personally, but it just depends on um, the type of market uh, that wants it, actually. Yeah. And so what are the benefits, then? I get to come there, I hang out, I can have a bite to eat if I want, a coffee, I can get high, whatever, right? Well, yeah, the benefits is that there's actually a place where you can actually have conversations with people um, on a regular basis. Um, I always tell people where in the country can you actually just go to random people and talk to, and I give them some time to actually think about it, and there's like <laughs> less than a handful of places that you can actually do that at and be sober doing it. Um, we recommend Canvas Lounge just because it's a, a great community experience. You have something in common with the other people there. Exactly, and it's a sharing community. People from all over the world have shared um, products together under one roof, and that's like a rare thing that's happening in today's time. You mentioned at the start there that you had some events. What are some events you do at Wake and Bake? It's called Theatrical Thursdays. We get any type of um, theater works, whether it's music, comedy, um, improv, silent, whatever, opera. All right, whatever whatever your skill set is, we just promote it, and we have it every Thursday. And then Sundays are comedy circuit. Um, we have comedians from all over the Los Angeles area come in. Um, they do their skit. They're set for a couple minutes, and they can um, pretty much have a little nice show for the crowd. Uh, we do have an open mic circuit, too, that um, if you're not booked, you still can show up and do a free um Free show for three minutes um, on set, so it gives everybody opportunity to um, express their talent if, they, if they're wanting to. Cool, sounds fun. Hey, before I let you go, and I really appreciate your time. If somebody was to go to a bar and have too much to drink, you know, they say, "Hey, okay, that's it. You've had enough. You better head home." Does the same thing happen at mm-hmm. Wake and Bake, a marijuana lounge? If somebody gets too high, do you say, "Whoa, that's enough, man"? Yeah, so what we do, we actually have a limit on, because of uh, our time and our experience, we have a limit on dabs. Um, one can only take up to three dabs per person. We 
found that uh, more than enough. Um, but yeah, it's a three uh, time limit on that. And then on cannabis smoke, um, we just base that based on the experience of the user. If someone says it's their first time, um, they're probably not going to have more than two or three joints. Um, and then if they're an experienced user, um, they're not allowed to have more than a quad um, at a time. It's like seven, seven pre-rolls. So it just depends on the user, but we um, our um, experience for Reese's, we call them Bud Reese's, pretty new. Um, they pretty much um, correlate uh, the experience for people, and they they monitor everybody to make sure they're doing well. Yeah, you're not really talking my language, but I really appreciate your help. What is your name, by the way? It's Brian Williams. I'm actually the architect who built it. Very cool, Brian. I'm glad I got you on the phone today. Thanks for your help. Yeah, no problem. Best of luck. All right, you as well. Thank you. It's Brian Brian Williams at Wake and Bake. Dabs, quads, I understood none of that. Abs, I heard pre-roll. I kind of went, okay, I think I know what that is. But none of that other stuff. I don't know. No idea. Well, what do you think? Wake and Bake. It's apparently the first in America. It's in Los Angeles. It's Cannabis Club. And we may get those here. Although, how are they going to? I have a feeling it ain't going to happen. And I'll tell you why. Because we can't smoke in a bar now, right? We can't smoke in a bar. So why would you be able to smoke in a in a cannabis club or a, or a marijuana lounge? Maybe edibles? I don't know. I guess we'll see. But I thought it was interesting. Thought I'd call down, and I'm I'm glad we got uh, Mr. Williams on the line at Wake and Bake two forty six. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. It was number one at the weekend box office, uh, but it's bad news, and we'll talk with one of the couch potatoes, Jeff Braun, about that when we come back. For Polo Park Hearing Center, Polo Park Hearing Center, your locally owned, family-run hearing specialist, conveniently located in the lower level at Polo Park. Mainly sunny this afternoon, high 20. Nine tonight, tomorrow, partly cloudy, 25. They're saying a 30% chance of showers tomorrow, risk of a thunderstorm. Wednesday, we get rid of that stuff. Sunny and 23 on Wednesday. Right now, sunny and 18 degrees at CJOB. Get ready. Thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fun. We're fine. Uh, actually, Solo, you're not fine. Oh, no. You are not fine at all. You're in trouble. Oh, Solo, a Star Wars story, still number one at the weekend box office, but it did not do well, Jeff Braun. No, it lost uh, 60% of its business or something. Like that. And it for went... a second week in release, yeah. for a Star Wars movie, that's, that's a big deal. That's insane. Yeah. Usually they're... Fairly even, every movie goes down a little mm. bit, right? But not not as much as this thing did. It still hasn't hit 150 million in North America, and uh, I think it cost something like <laughs> 250 million oh, yeah. just to make it. And that sure. doesn't include marketing and yeah. all that other stuff. And the Force Awakens made 250 million in its opening weekend, and mm-hmm. this this thing might never get there. In all North right, America. so why? Because it's not. It, tell me why. 
I think there's I think there's a few reasons. Number one is that we've been talking about it came out too soon. Yeah, it's just five after months the last after Jedi. the last Jedi. Yeah, there's that. This uh, so it's also the now fourth movie since 2015. Whereas you know every it gets yeah. a little bit down. You know, less before exciting every is, time. Yeah, before this a Star Wars movie was a big deal, yeah. not as much a big deal now. Right, and then this this Han Solo origin story, I guess it is, is uh, it's not connected really to anything else in the Star Wars universe. It's a side story. Yeah. And Rogue One was a side story, but Rogue One was also very much attached to the overall saga Mm. and had Darth Vader in it. Yeah. And and also back then it was a new kind of concept and everything like that, so people were interested. So I think, I think... You know, Star Wars fans want to see it, and they will see it. They yeah. maybe won't go multiple like times. Like your fellow couch potato, uh, Brett McGarry, is a big Star Wars yeah. guy, and he has not seen this he yet. He has not yet seen it. By this time, with The Last Jedi, he'd already seen three times right. in the first ten days or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so he'll, he'll see it eventually, but it's, people aren't, you know, changing the schedule of their lives to accommodate it. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, the only reason I saw it was because I had, like, an open hole. I was like, hey, i got nothing to do for three hours. Why yeah. don't I go see Star Wars? And I was snooping around on social media. Brian Barkley, my old friend Brian Barkley, yep. went and saw it and did a review online, said it was great. He said he sort of went in thinking, eh, whatever. Yeah, same here. And it was fantastic. I enjoyed it as well. It's wow. Also, so it's a good movie, and it, Star Wars fans should like it, I guess. it's mm-hmm. It answers all these things, these questions. They, they were never really questions, but it yeah. sort of fills in some fun holes in yeah. the, the backstory for Han Solo. And now we wait over a year, right, for the next Star Wars uh, yeah. movie, I think, Except right? Late like, 2019. Yeah, be Christmas 2019, which is weird. Yeah. So that'll be a, I, that'll be a big deal because that'll be almost two years in since the Star Wars movie. Right. And will that be another side story? Do you know, Jeff? Or? No, that, that's episode, I think that's episode nine. I don't know for sure. <laughs> I can't keep track. I know. That's what bothers me about all this. I can't keep track. I really can't keep yeah. track. Jackie said to me on the weekend, we wanted to go see a movie. We ended up not going because there was nothing to watch. But we, I said, let's go see a movie. And she goes, you want to see Solo? And I went, ah, Not so much. I don't know. I Sure, I went to the original back in the late 70s. It was great. I was a young guy. You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I was 13, 14 years old. Fantastic. But I never really got into all the movies that followed. Yeah. I, I like them, and I'm, I'm, but I'm not like crazy about it like some people are. So yeah. I, don't, I, I like to go see them, but I mm-hmm. could take them or leave them for real. What does this say about Disney's decision to buy into this franchise in a really big way? Maybe too big. Maybe they're saturating the market with Star Wars movies. That could be. Uh, the thing that crossed my mind is like maybe they're doing that on purpose. To maybe I think they're like, let's just put it out five months later and see what and happens. see what happens. Yeah. I was like. If it's going to be like monstrously huge, like then we'll the other do ones, another one in five yeah, months. Because they right. never, there's an unending stream of characters or whatever they could mm-hmm. make these things if they wanted to. They've also got TV shows in the works and future trilogies that are, you know, have been announced. I yeah. don't know how deep into the planning they are. So maybe this affects those as well. It mm-hmm. remains to be seen. Yeah. And it's going to get tough for Solo now because it didn't have any competition nah. really this weekend. I mean, if you consider Johnny Knoxville competition, you don't. he ended up. <laughs> Ninth place, I think, with this new new movie. (laughs) Yeah, but now some big movies start coming out, and so obviously Solo's not going to survive in that top spot. No, no, Ocean's Eight. uh, That's got to be the number one. Yeah. This coming weekend, right? People right. want to see that. Mm. And I don't know. So later this month, there's, a few, yeah. there's Jurassic World's coming right. up and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. No, in summertime, if you can get two weeks, 
You done mm-hmm. good. Yeah. All right, Jeff Braun, thank you. Couch Potatoes, noon on Saturdays, 6 p.m. on Sundays, and, of course, the podcast, Google Play, iTunes, and CJOB.com. Thank you. You're welcome. We need to divert auxiliary power to the rear deflector shield. We definitely do. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Chewy, get in. I'll help Ander. Solo, a Star Wars story. Uh, number one movie, but... But it's good, apparently. I'm told by many people it's a very good movie. 2.57. We're just three minutes away from the 3 o'clock news. How on CJOB. Thank you, Savannah. Savannah started the show today by uh, telling us that she was at her friend's bachelorette party. Where was that? At the lake, you said? Uh, yeah, it was at Victoria Beach at uh, one of the girls' cabins. I think if I know Savannah, I don't know her friends, but if I know Savannah, <laughs> it was a wild and rowdy time. You know what? I'm very tame on the spectrum with that group. <laughs> so I do not believe that at all. I really, no I just don't have the energy I once did. Well, that's true. As it we was, get older, If it was sure. five years ago, yeah. it'd be different, but uh, it's not. So. All right. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you in uh, 20 minutes here. She's got sports at 25 after, and then, of course, the news again at 3.30. Let's go to the phone here. Frank is on the line, 204-780-6868. Hello, CJOB. Hi. 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 How are you? I just... Oh, good, good. Uh, just wanted to comment uh, about Savannah there out at the cabin. Uh, there's a fellow that uh, is a uh, shuttle service. They, uh, he picks you up at your cabin, $5 a person, and he takes you to the Birchwood. And then when he drops you off, uh, he picks you up after the bar closes, it's another $5. He'll take you back to your cabin. Well, that's kind of a good idea. Yeah, uh, Savannah had a bachelorette party. One of her friends is getting married, and they had a bachelorette party. That's a pretty good service he's providing yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, and I just live at Hillside just before Victoria, so that's the only time I wasn't out there was this weekend. I would have enjoyed coming there and seeing all those girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, Savannah anyway. will be Savannah will be happy to hear that. But yeah, you missed the party. Thanks. All right. Bye bye. All right. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate all your calls. We're talking about everything, boy. Everything from the cost of the whiteout parties to bachelorette parties. We got it all for you here. On uh, CJOB. It is election week in Ontario. We've been hearing lots about this of late. Voters in that province will go to the polls Thursday to elect a new government. And it won't be the Liberals. Even their leader, Kathleen Wynne, basically gave up the fight on the weekend. We have terrific local candidates. They deserve your support. They'll fight for your votes. And I will fight for them even though I will not be Premier after this election. Well, I think you can tell I'm emotional. It's hard. Um, it's hard because I know, I know there are Liberals who believe in us and believe in what we've been doing and what they are doing. And some of them are going to be mad, you know. They're going to be saying, Kathleen, why are you doing this? Why are you saying this? Some of them are just going to be sad. And I just, um, I, I am talking to them, but I'm talking to uh, everyone in the province. You know, we've, we've got we to gotta think hard 
and and I'll be talking to lots of liberals. I'm going to be campaigning. You're not getting rid of me. I'm going to be campaigning really hard uh, right through until uh, that last vote is cast because uh, those local those local fights are really really important. But it is hard. I'm not going to pretend it's not hard. For someone who's as competitive as I am. When I see that finish line, that just makes me go faster, you know? So it's hard to say I know part of the outcome before I get to that finish line. My coach, actually my coach, Bonnie Parkhill, sent me a note this week and said, you know, you always had a really good kick, which is the last bit at the end. So I'm, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that for my, uh, for my candidates around the province. Kathleen Wynne, the premier in Ontario, the liberal leader, basically saying... I ain't going to win. Not going to win. Votes not till Thursday, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to win. A political scientist that we talk to a lot on this show, Chris Adams, weighs in on this development in the Ontario election. You know, if you think back, uh, um, other provincial elections, um, uh, Redford in in, uh, in Alberta, Christy Clark in, in, in uh British Columbia, uh, elections in which it looked pretty desperate for the premier at the time going into the campaign, but they, they pulled it out at the end. Um, that was the strategy there in Ontario. It was to have a strategy of, of pulling uh, pulling a victory out at, from the beginning in the belief that things could get turned around. But but with uh, less than a week to go, clearly they, they figured out that they don't have a chance to turn it around as other premiers have been able to do. And Chris was asked why he thinks Kathleen Wynne, the Liberals, find themselves in this position in Ontario. Well, I think there are a number of things. I think the, just the length of time they've been in, in power, and we in Manitoba know that feeling when when, when, a, when a government is in, a party is in power for many years. There's just a sense of disenchantment. I, I think also there's been upheaval, upheavals in some of the Ontario economy. The uh, um, I think that that uh, yeah you know we we know in Ontario hydro rates have been have been uh, going way up and and that's an issue that hits the pocketbook of middle class people. Uh, there are a number of things that have been piling up, but and, and over uh, fourteen fifteen years these things do add up for voters to to be disenchanted. But you know there is an issue with Ontario hydro with the accounting and the uh, the Auditor General of Ontario has raised real red flags that that the way they're counting liabilities and and uh, revenues is is not in accordance to proper accounting principles. Chris Adams, political scientist at the University of Manitoba on the Ontario election. Again, voters in Ontario go to the polls on Thursday. It will definitely be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, Will it be Ford as the new premier? Will the Tories win? Will the NDP win? Will win and the Liberals maybe hold the balance of power, right? If one of those other two get a minority government, will some Greens get elected in Ontario? All that. We'll find out on Thursday night, Friday morning. Well, if you listen at all to this show, you know that I like my guns and roses. And the Internet, if nothing else, the Internet provides us with interesting takes on songs that we love, right? Sometimes they mash them up together. Uh, Sometimes it's a different version, you know, like a different genre of a song. Well, this one caught my ear this morning, and I thought I'd share it with you as we head to a break here. We're going to check traffic in just a bit. Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, one of my favorite songs, but I guess you could call this kind of a funk version. 
Uh, it's a musical collective that has done this. They call themselves Scary Pockets, and they're calling it a funktastic version of this Guns N' Roses classic, Sweet Child of Mine. To a break, Cal Anderson on CJOB. There is a fundraiser. It is called Put a Squeeze on Diabetes. I don't know if you're watching uh, uh, global news television this morning. If you did, you might have seen uh, young Miles Dyer, 11 years old. He was on this show earlier on. What a kid. Man, 11 years old, and uh, he's trying to raise $2,500 through this Put a Squeeze on Diabetes campaign. Basically, it sends kids like Miles, with uh, type 1 diabetes, to camp. And Miles loves these camps. And he is going to have his uh, uh, lemonade stand set up this weekend, Saturday, at uh, 1 o'clock at the corner of Grosvenor and, uh, let me just make sure I get the right street, Thurso, Grosvenor and Thurso. He says he's going to be there from 1 to 5. And basically, they want other kids... Adults as well to get involved, uh, help raise some money this way. And you can also uh, go to the various websites like diabetes.ca, and I think it's put a squeeze on diabetes.ca. And uh, you can just help out with a, you have a virtual a virtual glass of, of lemonade if you want. By the way, Elizabeth Dyer, that's Miles' mom, she makes a mean uh, lemonade. Because I had a glass today because I made a donation uh, to Miles and I'm telling you, no wonder this kid uh, is going to top his $2,500 goal this year. Listen to how he handled me. He played me like a fiddle. I was just carrying on with the interview. I said to him, oh, how much did you make last year? He answered my question, and then watch how he squeezed. Huh? See what I just did there? Squeezed every dime he could out of me. Miles Dyer, listen. Uh, $2,127.70. I love that you got it down to the penny. I love that. And that is, uh, that's impressive, man. That's a lot of lemonade, right? Yep. Do you have a price on your glasses of lemonade, or is it just kind of whatever people want to give you? Let's pay what you can. What's the most somebody's given you for one glass of lemonade? Um, for, I think the most for one glass is $20. Yeah. But people have also just donated like twenty dollars sure. without even asking for yeah, glass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to try and get there on Saturday, but just in case I can't, can I prepay you for my glass of lemonade? Yep. Okay. I'm going to 
see what I got here. For we brought some with us today to give. Oh, you did some. you? Oh, did. thank you. Well, then I'll have some today, and I'm gonna, still going to try and, and get there on on Saturday. Okay. And I'm sort of a competitive type, so I don't like the fact that somebody has given you 20 for a glass. So I got to give you more <laughs> than that. So can I give you one? Have you ever seen one of those red ones before? Yes, I have. Yeah, that's a 50. Wow. So I'm going to give you that to start. Is it? Am I the first? Uh, well, no, because you've been up already. You've been set up already, yeah, right? Um, yeah. Actually, the second person to give a 50. I thought you said 20. Now well, I got to give you more. Well, it's because someone paid for like four glasses. <sighs> right, hang on a second here. <laughs> Here's another 20. Now now am I the most? Yes. Okay, there's another 20. All right, $70. You're good, kid. Thank you so much. I'm telling you, kid, you're going places, I can tell already. Miles Dyer. Love it. Uh, that's a great uh, fun. I mean, you know, listen, I, I remember, you know, back in the uh, prehistoric days when I would set up uh, a lemonade stand. So it's kind of an old idea, but I love what they're doing with it. Put a squeeze.ca, diabetes.ca, get involved, help out. And if you want to go and see young Miles Dyer, he will be at the corner of Grosvenor and Thurso between 1 and 5 this Saturday and throughout the summer, helping to send other kids like him with diabetes 1, type 1 diabetes, to camp. Fantastic. 323. We'll check the weather, sports, news, all coming up. Stay right there.